All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm so happy to be joined by my friend, Jay Busby of Yahoo Sports. This is quite a treat. Jay, how are you? I am doing wonderfully, brother. It's good to to be in Talladega. Good to see you. It's worked out perfectly. Yes, I was really hoping you'd be here today. You live in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, so I was like, oh, I hope he's going to come to this race. I haven't seen you much this year. I'm like, but but you know, I mean, gosh, this is Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s last race at Talladega, last restrictor place race ever, and you literally wrote the book on him or wrote a book on him, Earnhardt Nation. So I'm sure you weren't going to miss this for the world. I was here for the barbecue sauce wrestling man. Earnhardt was was just a, a complete side story. No, it was you can't miss that Talladega. It's my favorite track on the circuit. With all due respect to all the other tracks, Talladega is my favorite. Uh, Earnhardt is just such a fascinating story, beginning to end, as you know. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it was it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Obviously, I wouldn't have missed this one. Wait a minute. So Talladega is your favorite track. Yes. There, there's a lot of hand wringing going on, including with myself. Um, I. I, I fight myself on this race, you know, like there was parts of it. I really love today. And then parts of it, I dread and hate and make me nervous. And now there was no flipping and flying cars. So that was fine. That was, you know, overall, I like the race, but so do you, what, why, what do you like about it? That is so makes it your favorite. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been up on a high building or like a lighthouse or something like that and looked over the edge because I have this fear of heights, and and to me, it's just terrible. If you ever been to the Hoover Dam, uh, you know I know that you've been out to Vegas. If you've been over the Hoover Dam and you look over the edge, there's this absolute terror, but your feet are still on the ground. Now, obviously, I'm not a driver. You're not a driver. We are we are way out of our 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 realm in talking about what it's like to drive 200 miles an hour. But just as a fan, as as an observer of the sport, uh, you know, as a reporter, it's that sense of being that close. You know, and, and, and perhaps it's it's unfair of us to want somebody else to do this for us, but they, they've chosen to do it. They, they, they enjoy it, or at least they, they, they understand that it's necessary. It's part of the deal. So, yeah, I don't look forward to a car flying up over, over the hood, but that, but that last, like that last six laps there that we had, that was some astonishingly good racing. You didn't know whether Keselowski was going to win, whether a piece was going to come off of Logano's car, whether Junior was going to make a miracle f- finish. That's why I love Talladega, those moments like that. Well, and, you know, I can, I can understand that. And I really thought, um, and, I, and I wrote this in my column, that, you know, a lot of people are going to look at the stats in the end and say, wow, what a, what a shit show basically, <laughs> you know, I mean, you have four, yeah, 14 cars running at the end and really only eight of them. I was looking at the margin, margin of victory. Really, there was only eight of them in that group that, that finished. Um, and then the, the other ones were just limping their way to the, to the end. Um, I looked it up. It, this would, this race had 11 cautions, which ties the race record. So, I mean, 97 races, I think 97 cup races at Talladega and there's never been more cautions than today. Um, and you know, so people are going to look at that and look at all the, uh, all the damage. I mean, the guy that finished third, Trevor Bame was on the crash report twice for being in wrecks and he finished third. So it's like, you know, people are, you know, it's easy to look at it and say, it's a joke, whatever. But honestly, the, the first big one didn't happen until there was 17 laps left. So up until that point, it was really good racing. I thought you didn't have anybody dropping to the back and just riding around because the stage points mattered. So all the playoff drivers were up front or, or trying to be up there. And it was since it was the middle race of the round, 
you didn't have a bunch of guys come in with big, huge points cushions where they could protect. Like they had to go out there and see they had they had nothing to protect. Their their leads, even if they were six in points, were not that big. So I think the middle race, not an elimination race, actually made it better. Um, so you know that that's all happening, and they're three and four wide with like sixty to go, and all of a sudden you're like they're not even racing for anything. You're like, well, calm down. But I don't know. It, it was very enjoyable. There's a lot of strategy and everything. And look who won, Keselowski. He's got five wins here. The, the knock on plate races is anybody can win. And, you know, Trevor Bain, as we know, uh, is a potential example of that based on what he did back in Daytona in 2011. Right place, right time. Obviously, different kind of racing. We don't need to go down the, the tandem drafting rabbit hole right now. But the fact remains is that there are drivers, Keselowski, Dale Jr., Jamie McMurray, other ones that are capable of driving Talladega and that are capable of mastering its strategic elements there if they're given the chance to. And yeah, there is definitely a bit of a crapshoot there. I think Keselowski used the example of, of a poker hand. You know, he, sometimes you get dealt crappy cards, sometimes you get, get dealt good cards, but you still have to play those cards. It's not a complete roulette wheel spin. And so, yeah, I think that, that that's what makes Talladega great is when you see a driver who has the ability and the will and the balls to go and run all out and win a race like he did today. I think my my position is still evolving on this, but I'm kind of coming around to, you know, plate racing in general is a crapshoot because you can get taken out by yourself. And and Denny Hamlin noted this after the race. In no other sport does another competitor's mistake basically hurt you, take away from your, you know, end your day, um, make you lose. But that's what happens here. So, um, you know, that that's that element of it is not when you're deciding a championship doesn't feel right. But at the same time, if you survive that part, then there does come a, a huge element of skill into it. Like with Keselowski, because Keselowski, you can't, he can't just go out and say, I'm just going to go win this race today because I know how to do it better than everybody else. You can't, you can't always control whether somebody else will just randomly take you out, but you can control if you're there at the end, how to make an incredible move, a masterful move. And that's what he's been able to do at the end. I mean, Ryan Newman, I know he had some damage, but he could have defended that move perhaps if he, you know, he hasn't really been up there racing as much with this package um, on these cars. But Keselowski is an absolute master when in those situations. So is Denny Hamlin, really. And so, um, you know, it was, I think we were, we were watching um, a really great talent and being able to execute something that's very special, really. Yeah, and the fact that he's able to, to pass Ryan Newman, who who is somehow able to make himself wider than like three cars together, I got you know I I love that reputation. You know, that's that's one of the things that I just love about NASCAR is that every driver has these own little ticks about him, and I love the fact that Ryan Newman will not let you pass. I mean, I bet Ryan Newman at the grocery store is like, screw you, no, 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 I'm get, I'm getting this cereal first. I love that. I love that everybody and has that that one little tick about them, and so the fact that Keselowski was able to get around him. You know, we were looking uh, when when this race is shaping up and, and someone in the media center said Ryan Newman could win this thing and, and, and there was a bit of disbelief but it's like of course he could win this thing you know he could he could go and throw a block and, and manage to and manage to upset the entire field from a playoff standpoint so uh, yeah it's not a surprise but it's a lot of fun to see these different styles and see who's able to win out in the end well and we touched on this a little bit um, at the beginning but you know a guy with a great style and who was really a factor for a lot of the day was Dale Jr. And it was fun to watch him make moves and fun to really hear the crowd go crazy. Um, that was pretty cool. You know, I just don't think you're going to have at least 
maybe maybe it's going to skip a generation. Who knows what what will happen in the future? But I don't see any driver anytime soon where the crowd would go that crazy for somebody making a pass or just. I mean, it's just that's never going to happen again at a plate track. I mean, it's just it kind of it's kind of sad. But I I do like that the fans that came got to see him race for most of the day. Uh, or all day, and, and he didn't crash out early or have some disappointment because people really did come to this race from far and wide just to see him. I was talking to people at the tweet up. But personally, I was super relieved just that he got through without a big wreck because I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't want to cover, like, the hit that ends his career, and it's going to be so sad. And, you know, because if he would have got another concussion, that would, like, that's would have been how he ended his career. He wouldn't have been – there would have been no comeback, and who knows what the long-term damage would have be, would have been. And I know there's still – five races left where anything can happen, but it's sort of a sigh of relief. I think for a lot of people that at least he made it out of here. So that's sort of a, a victory in itself. No. Yeah. That was a very astute uh, question that you asked him there at the end, because I think you and I were both here back in 2012 when he had gotten that concussion and didn't realize it. And he was sitting on the bumper of his hauler. And, and I will never forget this. He's sitting on the bumper of his hauler and he just, he wasn't there. I mean, his eyes were somewhere else. And he was saying all the, the, the kind of the, the things that he needed to, but he wasn't even checking himself because he said something along the lines of, and I use this in my story tonight, uh, you know, if this, is the, if, this is, if this is the bloodthirsty sport that people want, you know, I'm, I, I'd find another job because he was rattled. And uh, that was a race where, if you recall, if I remember right, Tony Stewart took out Michael Waltrip on, on like a sweeping turn there on turn three, and it just was carnage. I mean, just the, the worst kind of up and over. And Junior got caught in that. And yeah, that was that was his second concussion. That was the one that that really made everyone sit up and take notice. He missed two races because of that. And you're and you're exactly right. If that, something like that had happened this time, that'd be it. Appreciation, appreciation. How do we how do we pronounce that? By the way, I heard it pronounced. I heard somebody in the media center during the question uh, question this week say, uh, "Your appreciation tour." And I was like, "Oh, I hadn't been saying that in my head. I thought it was just the hashtag." But yeah, I don't know. The appreciation tour would have ended five races short. So, yeah, I mean, it's great for everyone. And and I used, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned the, the cheers because I used that in, as my lead in the article. So it's a good thing this isn't live. So go and read it on Yahoo Sports. It's right there. There's nothing like that in sports. I mean, the only thing that I can compare it to is the Kentucky Derby when the horses are coming around. And that's only a two-minute race. This is constant. Anytime that Junior gets near the front, there's that surge. And then when he takes the lead, it is ungodly loud. So, yeah, to hear that and, and to think that we won't hear that, you know, it's a little bit sad. I just, I'm not sure that anybody is going to to be able to to mount that kind of, of, of passion in the fans anytime soon. And that's a shame, but at least we did get this one last chance to hear it. Yeah. And, and, um, it's, it's good that he, um, goes out like this with a, with a strong restrictor plate run and making moves that he even said himself, this kind of proved to some people. Cause you know, people question him this year at times, you know, he's had a couple like phantom loose wheels where, where he'll pit and, and you're like, and, and they're like, ah, actually it wasn't loose or something like that. And, um, and people have, you know, some of his fans have been like, he, you know, he's not racing that hard. He's trying to protect himself, which I don't think people fault him for, but they feel like he's not at times been giving it a hundred percent, um, and, and being super aggressive. And today he was making moves. I mean, he was like putting himself in there. He was right in the mix and you could tell he was like going for it. And so it's good that he ended with that note, but I mean, you're right. Just the thought of him. And again, this could still happen. So knock on wood, I guess, but the thought of Homestead coming and instead of 
hey, let's celebrate his last race and all that stuff. And, and you know, him on pit road surrounded by all these people and getting out of the car for last time and said, it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. is at home recovering, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that would have been terrible. And and maybe I'm just a worry wart, but that was definitely in the back of my mind. So I'm glad that that, I'm glad that that, that didn't happen today. Um, let's talk about the point situation now going to Kansas because very interesting situation. I think a lot of people would have thought Kyle Busch would be a championship contender in the final four with Martin Truex Jr. and probably Kyle Larson, you know, before the playoffs. Now, just like that, Kyle Busch, despite having 41 playoff points to start this round, is on the outside looking in. Um, I think he's, what, seven points back of Jimmy Johnson going into Kansas, and he is nine points back of Ryan Blaney. So obviously, Kyle Busch, he has five straight top fives at Kansas. I already looked this up. And um, he's won at Kansas. So it's, it's not the, the demon track that it used to be for him. But to beat Jimmy Johnson or Ryan Blaney by that amount of spots, especially when you take stage points into consideration, that's no gimme. I'm, you know, is Kyle Busch going to miss round three of the playoffs? And wouldn't it be brutal if Talladega cost him again? Because this is his, the fact that he was bounced a couple of years ago was one of the reasons I think that the, one of the exhibit A for why they needed to make this not an elimination race because he was, I don't remember the exact points. I'm sure that, that I mean, you might even remember it. He was, I think he was second in points going to that race. He was way up there and then he got bounced almost immediately and gone. And, and, and that just seemed, you know, you you can go and you can make the stick and ball comparisons. You know, the Cleveland Indians have gotten routed after having one of the best uh, uh, you know runs in the, in the American League this year, but still, that just seems monumentally unfair to have that have it come down to, in many cases, not even your own fault. You know, as as Denny Hamlin pointed out. So, yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, you know, looking at the at the at the run there, there are maybe two or three other guys that I would bet money on that would be able to go and come out and step up and say, you know what? I got to win this race. I'm going to do it. You know, that's, that's a, that's a kind of, that's the level of, of, of balls and of ability and of absolute just arrogance that not a whole lot of guys have with good reason. It's it's friggin' tough to win on, on, on the cup level, but Kyle is one of those guys that he can set a goal and he can hit it. So yeah, it's going to be tough, especially when you got Jimmy Johnson right there in the way. But uh, yeah, I, I would expect that this is, this is going to be a really, really fun to watch. Keep an eye on the 18 all next week. Yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, the Toyotas have done so well this season and there was, you know, Hey, maybe they're going to be the final four. And now you have Matt Kenseth is also on the outside. He's one point behind Kyle Busch. So I think this was probably, I mean, it definitely was the end for Jamie McMurray today with his pit road blunder. He's way out of it. He would have to win Kansas and he hasn't won, you know, in a long time. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He was having a great run for a while there and gets caught up in a wreck and that's it for him. So, um, you know, there's, there's probably, I mean, these, these eight spots left for 10 guys at this point. So, you know, you're not racing. It's not 12 guys, but it's going to be pretty tough. Ryan Blaney's one I'm, I'm a little bit worried about. He's up in seventh. Um, Chase Elliott, I feel like he'll, he'll be fine. Denny Hamlin had a good day today. It survived to the end, so he's fine. I'm surprised to see Kevin Harvick up there so much, but he really, where did he finish today to salvage that? He finished 20th, so I guess, I guess he had stage points because um, he has a lot of points. He has more points than Denny Hamlin does, but, you know, Denny Hamlin finishes sixth, and... So that's kind of interesting. Um, we know Truex and Keselowski are locked in. So I guess at this point, Jay, any any change in, in your championship pick? 
Uh, I had picked Truex. I have Truex in a family betting pool. You know, I'm going to roll with Truex until I'm, until proven uh, otherwise. I mean, you know, it, it looked to come in, and as you said, it's going to be Truex and the Kyles, and it's tough to it's tough to bet against that. But then you just see how little things chip away, little decisions, and it, it's it's funny because in the same way, for very, I think Kevin Harvick is the main beneficiary of this, where little bits and pieces build up, and so whereas it's, it's chipped away at Kyle's lead, you've all of a sudden got Kevin Harvick right there in fourth place. And and I mean, if that guy goes to Homestead with one of the four, I would certainly not. I wouldn't write him off, no matter how well Truex has been running. Harvick is the kind of guy who's just you know he's a damn bounty hunter, man. You know he'd be right there alongside Boba Fett, right there on the the bridge of the Star Destroyer hunting Han Solo. That guy is cold blooded, and I mean that in the best way possible. So yeah, I would I would love to see. I mean, if you, your top four that you got right now, Truex, Keselowski, Larson, and Harvick. That's a hell of a Final Four right there. So uh, I, I think it's going to be fun no matter how it turns out. But, yeah, we've got a lot of guys who are going to be racing at the peak of their abilities here going forward. Yeah, and, I mean, Kyle Busch was my um, championship pick to start this playoff. So I'm in a bit of trouble if I'm going to stick with that. But I might, I, I might as well stick with it one one more week, right. n- not hop off the bandwagon now, I guess. But Keselowski is a very interesting case because he really doesn't belong up there in terms of performance this year on – most tracks and so after the race um he and paul wolf both separately said martinsville which is the first race of round three is going to be a must win for us because we know we can't go to texas or phoenix and run well enough with the other guys to make the final four on point so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there's a lot of hard-nosed guys up there um it'll be interesting to see how like the lesser experienced guys like elliot and blaney what they do with the situation That that was that would be one of my points too. The idea that that someone like Matt Kenseth, who's been around for freaking ever, you know, would lose out on a spot to Ryan Blaney, uh, you know, and taking nothing away from Blaney, just the fact that that Blaney's running so well and that Kenseth is is starting to edge down those rankings, you know, that's it, amazing to me. If Blaney makes it through, he absolutely deserves it. But yeah, once the 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 the, uh, the the handcuffs get a little tighter there, you know, once things get a little tighten up, tighten up as you get closer to the uh, end of the Kansas race, it's going to be fun to see how Blaney and Elliott react to that. So Jay, um, as you know, each day after the day after each race, I ask people, was it a good race in a poll on Twitter? Um, I'll let you go first here. What percent people, uh, when I ask this question, do you think are going to say yes, that it was a good race? Let's see. I think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go strong. I think that 60% will say it's a good race. I think that 30% will say that it was a bad race. And I think that 10% will have some sort of political comment that has absolutely nothing to do with the race and tell you that you suck, Jeff. Wow, it's almost like you've been uh, covering the, the mix of sports and politics <laughs> recently, Jay. Yes, yes, we won't get into that here, but uh, yeah, it was, it, it was, you know, it's it's fascinating seeing how sports and politics collide, and and that's one of my my passions, and I understand certainly that it's not for everybody, but uh, yeah, NASCAR is remarkable for that in the way that. If, if you are a NASCAR fan and you're not a stick and ball fan, all of this talk about the foot, the, the anthem kneeling and, and, and during football games, it must confuse the hell out of you. But NASCAR, you know, as you know, is, is unlike any other sport in the way that they've got the invocation, they've got the anthem, they've got a whole pre-race procedure that no other sport has. You know, you don't see uh, when they're teeing it up at the Masters, they don't say the national anthem before Jordan Spieth tees off at the Masters. It's a whole different ritual and, and rituals can be very comforting to us and, and so when that gets affected, that's when people get angry. And so hopefully it will not bleed over into your poll. 
You know, as you're talking there, I think of one ritual at Talladega, and it just crossed my mind. You know, they have this semi-truck, or at least the the cab of it, and it comes by during the National Anthem with this huge flag on the back. And it, like, comes at full steam down the front stretch. You always see it on TV and all that stuff. And I was just thinking, as you were saying that, you know, all these rituals and respecting the flag, they must have to do a test on the truck to make sure the flag doesn't fall off. Like can you, the people must go, okay, we need a, we need a, a pole. That's, are we going to, how's this going to hold the flag? Are we, all right, let's do a test. I mean, I've never thought about it before, but they must drive that truck around with the flag on it before, right? Before people get there, you wouldn't want the flag to fly off. That would be a NASCAR disaster. Didn't, uh, didn't Keselowski say something about that one time? Because, you know, obviously he does that when he wins. And I, I think I've seen, him remember him saying something about that, that he was trying to anchor in the car there where he held it. And it was, it was, I, I, it, you know, I have to ask him next time you talk to him about this, but it was something about where it was, it was blowing a lot harder than he expected in his hand. And so he was afraid that, that, that I mean, what would happen if the, <laughs> If the American flag goes flying out and ends up on, on a track somewhere. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it's and again, if you know, you've been to a race, you know how this all works. It's all right down to the minute. Everything is timed. And so it's, it's a lot of fun to see all of the little elements come together. But that at Talladega, that's that's a definite tradition that you don't want to miss. Yeah, the semi-truck tradition. I like that. And now they probably have semi-truck tests. Well, anyway, so um, as far as my percentage, I'm actually going to go fairly high here. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic because people are disappointed, but I feel like, or people are going to say, oh, it's a wreck fest, terrible. I like real racing. Hashtag Kyle Busch said that and everybody got mad at him. But um, I think, oh man, I'm actually going to go 78%. Nice. I mean, is that too high? I mean... I think that this worked out really well for a lot of people. You know, here's what I liked. Um, you know, obviously junior finishing high is going to, I mean, as long as junior finished, this is going to get uh, 50%. You know, junior nation is going to be all over that. But tell me what you think about this. I heard a ton of cheers for Keselowski. Do you think that he has turned the corner? Well, you know, cause I've heard plenty of booze for Logano, heard plenty of booze for Kyle. But when, when Keselowski won, I heard a ton of cheers coming out of the grandstand. Do you think he's turned the corner with a, with NASCAR audience? No. <laughs> No, but I'm surprised you to hear. So, you look so shocked when I said that, but because I I had written that it was kind of a I I thought the crowd was like deflated, like it was just sort of like this, ah, uh, like I don't know, I didn't. Well, that, that, but at the, I do not want to undercut your article, so bear in mind the grandstands are a mile long, yeah. And so you know, D- D- Jeff and I might both be correct here, but the the section that I heard, he went around Ryan Newman for, and he and he gets that win, and so it sounded like cheers. Maybe it was maybe it was like a, you know glad that Junior made it all the way to the end, but but I was surprised because I know that. It, NASCAR has to have villains, man. I mean, that's that's the main thing that NASCAR has to have. And, and what would be great is, you know, if two or three years from now, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney start a fight of some sort. You know, they're just, just right out there, just full elbow drops, you know, leaping off the hood of the car at each other, something like that. Something to have people to root against because they're all such damn nice guys. I know you were there at the driver's meeting today and... Uh, I was struck by, not driver's meeting, I'm sorry, uh, the, the driver's introductions when they're backstage. And I was struck by the fact that all these guys are there playing with their kids. Their kids are all running around. And I, I love kids. I have two of them. I'm not, there's nothing against the kids. But there's something different about when you're there with your kid. You can't go and just, just, just ass talk your, your competitor. You can't give them the cold shoulder. You've got to be kind of a nice guy. If your kid comes up to you, if your competitor's kid comes up to you and he's like grabbing on your leg, you can't just go and shove him in the face and push him away. So... NASCAR needs those enemies, and so I think Keselowski's happy to do it. Kyle's happy to do it. Logano's happy to do it. I think that's definitely what we need. Yeah, no, I agree. And and the 
the kid point is well taken. I mean, it's they're all it's just like this big family picnic or something. It's yeah. like you guys are about to go race against each other, each other. But yeah, so um, one thing that's also like a family picnic, Jay, is the good people at Samtech, my podcast sponsor. They are down in Houston. It's the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology, and I, I like to try to work them into the podcast with a weird transition. Um, each week. So that was my, do you think that was weird enough? That was incredibly skillful. Samtech, we love you. Everyone call Samtech. Everyone check their website. Samtech, salvation for all of your job needs. <laughs> That's true. No, honestly, when, when Sarah and I went down there, we, we walked around the campus and we met people and we met people that worked there. And um, one of the, it's like a family run place. And the daughter of the founder of the school she basically, like, her job is she sits in front of this computer and she gets phone calls from all these prospective em- employers. And they're, like, calling. For, and she has more, there's more potential job openings than she has students to place in these jobs. Like, there's pot- employers calling all the time being like, oh, my gosh, you know, we need people, we need people. And they know that they're good at school and that, like, they don't even have, they, like, there's such demand for it. So, samtech.edu. Sam Tech, look, if you're listening to this and, and you're, you're unhappy in your job, I mean, you know, we all have a little bit of problems with our job. I like my job. Jeff Jeff has real problems with his bosses, all 50,000 of you. But if Jeff got fed up with your asses all just kind of complaining and saying, where's my interview? Then go, go over to Sam Tech. Get yourself a job there. They will take care of you. They'll get you all set up. SamTech.edu. This is the best plug. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> All right, so Jay, the, the final task I have for you is we need to come up with a hashtag to discuss our conversation or so that other people can discuss discuss this conversation with us in addition to going on, on the internet and reading your work at Yahoo Sports. So any ideas for a hashtag? So, well, so we've talked about barbecue wrestling. We've talked about looking over the lighthouse ledge. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. The hashtag lighthouse ledge. Lighthouse, is that, is that, that's too long? That's like, no, no, I think that's good. Lighthouse, hashtag lighthouse ledge. Hashtag lighthouse ledge. Exactly. Yes. Let's go with that, man. So yeah, I want to hear from everybody. This is, I'm so honored to be here, man. I've listened to your podcast. I've got, I've got about 15 of them backed up here uh, on my phone. And uh, so it's a, it's a tremendous thrill. And you know what? I kissed your ass at lunch today, man. I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. It just, it just kicks ass. So keep up the great work, brother. Thank you, and I, I I truly appreciate all your support. You're an awesome dude, not just because you're being nice to me, <laughs> but um, everybody definitely follow Jay Busby on Twitter. It's not just um, NASCAR tweets. You also have a lot of NFL tweets, and where can people find your work? Uh, yeah, it's over at Yahoo. Um, there, there is a link. Probably the best way uh, is just through my Twitter page or through my Facebook page, Facebook. God, what is it, Facebook? How old? <laughs> Hang on, it's HTTP colon backslash facebook.com slash J Busby. That's the easiest way to do it. It's on Yahoo. I'm I'm there. I did a a big junior story today. I was very happy with. Um, They like us to keep our stories a little shorter, a little punchier. Uh, This one runs about 2,500 words. So, you know. Wow, that's big. I got to go read that. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I I did. I I covered everything. I I went, I kind of did the whole uh, history of Talladega as regards the Earnhardt family. So, you know, I've got the old story about Dale Earnhardt Sr. with the uh, the legend about tying kerosene rags around your ankles so the ants don't jump up and eat your candy ass. So, but yeah, I mean, I would I I would love a fraction of your visitors, and it's always fun hearing what you have to say, brother. That's cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you to everybody for listening. And I will talk to you very soon on the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. <laughs>